This is Miller's Edge on Tide The Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is The Miller's Edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that time. It's time for the Middle's Edge right here on the Tide 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC. We got you here for the next hour, and uh, we got a lot to get back into on this show pertaining to the semifinal game. We gave a lot of our opinions on yesterday. Didn't take a lot of calls, but uh, we're ready to do that now. I want to hear from you, your thoughts. Are you sad? Are you glad? Are you mad? What's going on with you? What your spirit is saying on this Wednesday? And uh, I'd love to hear from you. 205-342-9904 is the number to the program. And you can give us a call right there and give us your thoughts, give us your opinions. And, uh, you know, it's uh, one of those games that a lot of conversations happening, a lot of things are going on. Uh, but, um, you know, we just got to figure it all out. It does no good this year. Season's over. Things are happening. And we're here to talk about it. We're here to help you. We're here to help you all season. We're here to enlighten you, to encourage you, to make things better for you. That's what we're here for here on the Miller's Edge. Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, here with the sponsor of our good friends at the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. Try before you buy. We tell you all the time, go to Midtown Village. See our good friend Douglas over there and his gang. They help you get right. They help you get rid of that knee pain, back pain, hip pain. You help you balance all of that good stuff, and uh, they will take extremely great care of you. And if you're in Birmingham or Mobile, the location is there as well. So in the state of Alabama, we got you covered with the Good Feet Store, our number one sponsor here on uh, the program. Don't forget about our good friends Reagan and Randy and the newborn. I like to call them the newborn over at R&R Cigars, 27036 Street. Go check them out. Uh, for the best humidor in town, best selection of cigars in town, best seating in town to watch any type of sporting event. It don't have to be basketball, football. It can be like UFC, a lot of different things that they have going on at R&R Cigars. Great porch. If you like just being outside, you don't want to be inside, and it's cool. They got heaters. They got great seating. They got it all. And, yes, especially the bar, if you're into you know, consuming a nice beverage, well, adult beverage it is, they got plenty to choose from, the best bar in the city of Tuscaloosa. So go by and check out the guys, Reagan and Randy and all the gang at R&R Cigars, 2703 6th Street there in Tuscaloosa. Christian Miller, how you doing? Doing well. Just uh, 
<clears throat> just hanging out, just having more time to really go back and watch that game. And, you know, the more you watch things, the more, you know, opinions you form. Well, not necessarily opinions, but, you know, the more, you know, perspectives you see and then the more thoughts you have on it. So definitely been right. looking at it and, and, you know, kind of trying to diagnose some stuff, trying to see some more of what might have transpired in the game. If you hadn't already, go check us out on YouTube at the Miller's Edge. Posted a video yesterday offering some of my thoughts on on the game and why I thought we ended up falling short in this game. So you can check that out. It's uploaded now. But, uh, you know, we're definitely going to continue to break some stuff down regarding the game. Then we're going to look forward as well with everything going on. I think there's another signing day coming up. We'll see kind of how Alabama. Uh, kind of a whole hum signing day because all the guys are pretty much there. Yeah, but you've got, uh, you know, the, that receiver that reclassed. He still isn't on campus yet. So <clears throat> that'll be something to watch out for, see if we can hold on to him. But Transfer Portal obviously is going to, um, be very active now. I think Alabama had their window expanded. So guys are, you know, having the opportunity uh, to now enter their names in the portal that we're playing in these playoff games. So with that being said, I'm sure we'll have to report on some more guys entering the portal. There's a wide receiver. I mean, hear that song, that song, Christian song that says, open floodgates and never let it rain. Well, let's get rid of the rain portal. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting ready to rain portal in Tuscaloosa. I mean, they had a receiver uh, yesterday that jumped into the portal. Uh, Holloman is, is going to Texas A&M, the wide receivers coach, and maybe the number one recruiter left on the staff. He's out. So these are things that's going to happen. I think, Christian, you know, that's what we're looking forward to seeing because, you know, I, I said 10 to 12 guys minimum that's going to be in the portal for Bama. They could be coaching change, one I expect with Kevin Steele. I um, keep saying that. I think he's not the coordinator next year. Uh, but I think there's going to be some changes because, one, you just lost. Two, you got dominated in an area where Alabama dominates, Christian. That, that, you know, that that's more shocking to me. I mean, I don't know what you think, but we didn't really get into this. But Alabama, once I've had this concern all year long. The games they lost were the game they got dominated in the trenches. LS, excuse me, uh, Texas dominated Alabama in the trenches. Michigan, for the first half, not the second half, dominated Alabama in the trenches. So, therein lies the problem. We can talk about all this other stuff. I'm fine with that. The thing I've been saying, Alabama is nowhere near as good as they used to be at the defensive line position at the offensive line position where they had numerous first-round picks over and over and over. Guess what? They don't have those guys anymore. So they got to look at themselves. If I'm self-scouting, Christian, they go say, man, am I getting the right dudes? Because Alabama don't get dominated like what we've seen the first half, especially the first quarter against Michigan. Now, they dominated Georgia, which is shocking to me. So it's like, they're not capable. But, man, the games they lost, they don't look like Alabama and Nick Saban used to look in the trenches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think that's just kind of been part of the, the tale of the season. It's just been kind of inconsistent. Like you said, I mean, they played well against Georgia, uh, struggled against Texas. They ended up falling in that game, struggled in this Michigan game, and fell short there. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some um, – you know, some some links there, and that's just something they're going to have to get cleaned up. But they definitely don't have um, they don't have the same guys that we we, we had kind of when I was playing the Quentin Williams, Jonathan Allen's, um, 
you know that they, they once had and it's hard it's hard to replace those guys I mean those are big shoes to fill um, but you know you just got to recruit uh, the best that you can and try to get as many guys as possible that that can play up to that standard but um, if look if I'm being completely honest with you I mean the age of college football and the transfer portal you know and this is no shot at any coaches but I'm just going to be transparent I just feel like nowadays with the transfer portal and just being able to just acquire guys that are ready to play there's such a lack of development. I just wonder, I mean, if, if coaches don't want to coach and they'd rather just acquire players just to plug and play, then maybe they should go try to be a GM. I mean, that's, that's more of a, a GM-type role, right? You know what I mean? And nowadays... Well, NFL. Well, but that's what it feels like in college, though. What I'm saying is you, you recruit all these guys and then half of them never even see the field because I feel like we're so focused on just going out and getting guys that are ready right now. And it just, I don't know if coaches are getting lazy or if they have no choice. It's probably more so of they don't really have a choice. They need guys that can play right now. And, you know, I, 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 I totally understand that perspective. But at the same time, it's just like when when I was here, right, there was no trend. It wasn't like, okay, we got to go get this guy. We we're, lack, we're you know, lacking, you know, uh, valuable guys in this position, guys that, that can, you know, effectively contribute to this position, you know, we're just going to go look for several guys. I mean, there wasn't that. So it was like, all right, these are the guys we signed. You've got no choice but to play, right? Like, they used to force us into being ready to play because there was, there was no transfer portal just to go grab a guy. And so I feel like coaches had to work, you know, even more, you know, you know extensively and, and getting guys ready to play. And that's what made these coaches so valuable. I feel like nowadays with the transfer portal, it doesn't really matter who you have almost at this point besides the coordinators – uh, because really these coaches are all, I mean, all they're doing is recruiting. And I mean, yeah, they, I get, they still coach. So they, they do everything. But if I were, if we're being transparent, I don't feel like they necessarily coach to the same level that they once had to because of things like this. And that's just my, that's just my thoughts. People might not agree with me, but I'm telling you from what I know, uh, coaching is a lot different nowadays with NIL and the transfer portal. It is what it is. It, it is a lot more reminiscent of almost like the NFL. Like in the NFL, when I played in the NFL, there was coaches literally that had no clue what they were doing. But because the NFL was one of those, you know, situations where once you're involved or once you're plugged in, you're kind of there. I mean, I, I saw coaches being hired to coach a position that they'd never coached before. And we're talking about the National Football League, the, the highest level of football. But because, you know, they got a good relationship with this guy, that guy wants him on their staff, they'll find a role for him, even if they haven't really coached that position. So sometimes it almost kind of seems like college is becoming that way. Right, you know, this guy might not be the best coach here, but he can recruit, you know, we'll get guys from the portal. He'll be fine. That's sometimes what it what it feels like. But I know I kind of went off on a little tangent right there. But that, that's just kind of the, the things just seem like it's just it's just shifting, right? Things just are shifting. And you, you, you don't think, you know, the defensive coordinator will be here next year. <clears throat> I mean, I think he'd have more of a chance of being here than probably the offensive coordinator if you're going off of performance. However, if we're being transparent, just like, you know, Kevin Steele's answer when they asked him, uh, media day, you know, who the coordinator is. You know, he's like, there's only one. He's won seven national championships. That's Coach Saban. Um, realistically, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot more, you know, hands involved when it comes to that. That's what I've been saying this whole time about, you know, it not really, when they were doing the search, that's what I was saying. Like, and everybody was freaking out, like, who's the coordinator? I told you, I, I said this like a year ago when they were looking for the coordinator. I said, it doesn't really necessarily matter. They're still going to run our defense. Like, Alabama's defense is, is our defense. You're just looking for, like, the talking head, the guy that's going to kind of lead the unit. Um, so, to be honest with you, when you say you, you don't think he'll be here, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not like I don't – I wouldn't say I even disagree. 
uh, because there, I mean, that wouldn't shock me just because Kevin Steele is getting a little bit older, right? There are a lot of other people involved. So I could see him kind of being elevated or moved kind of maybe to like that senior, what do you call it? Senior analyst, senior assistant, assistant to the head coach type role. Um, just because, I mean, that's that's kind of, I mean, if you kind of look at the approach that they've had, I mean, it, it, it is like a kind of all hands on deck type deal. So we'll have to wait and see. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Time will tell. I'm sure they'll kind of have, you know, some time to kind of get their bearings underneath them. They'll probably focus back on recruiting. But there's one thing I do know is that there's not going to be much time off, right? It's not like, okay, we just lost. Let's just kind of coast and hang out. I mean, they're, they're going to hit the ground running. I mean, they're probably going to start up workouts and all that good stuff soon and, and, and start looking looking ahead to 2024 because, like Terion said, I mean, there is unfinished business. I mean, the more you watch this game, man, I mean, it's just, they didn't perform to their standard. And I think they'll be the first ones to tell you that. I mean, I know we, we talk about being out coached, but, I mean, really, if you just look at me, we got outplayed, man. I mean, if, like just, again, if you look like you, you mentioned the, the line of scrimmage and, and all that stuff, I mean, Michigan had five sacks in the first half, six total in the game. They had 10 tackles for loss compared to we had one tackle for loss and one sack um, with our defense. Only 280. And that sack was not even a sack. The quarterback just dropped the ball, and, it, and the boy, we just touched him. So that counts as a sack. So it wasn't like they beat somebody and got a sack. Right, and then only 288 yards total. That was our, our lowest total of the season. We were 3-13 on third downs, right? Didn't have any explosive plays. I think we had one pass play of over 20 yards. I mean, we had... You know, a couple of good runs. Justice Haynes got in the game and was, you know, breaking off run after run. I don't know why we got away from that. It, it, that's again, it's just we reverted back to the the inconsistencies on offense, uh, the failure to protect it and to hold up on offense. It just we, we just looked like we were in a frenzy. And I'll be honest, man, we just we got outplayed. You know, defensively we, we played solid, but then in the critical moments we failed. And, and it wasn't a, a failure uh, of, you know, from a physical standpoint. I mean, there were several times you know, they might have got the better of us physically, which, I mean, look, you're playing against the number one team. They've got great players as well. But realistically, I mean, it just was like mental errors. I mean, we were talking about it last night. Those MEs, the first one, uh, touchdown of Blake Corum, two of those, those big plays that they had in the game, those, those big turning points were from MEs, and they both were bunch sets. Right, and that means the defense has to react. They have to go to their bunch checks, and clearly somebody or a couple guys weren't on the same page. Right, the first one, uh, they were passing that off. I think. I mean, obviously, was, we play a lot of cover seven in the red zone. They probably were supposed to pass something off. You see Deontay Lawson pointing at the back, but Michigan schemed that up well. And this is why when I make comments about being out coached, I'm not just saying that. I hear a lot of people saying that. I don't even know if they really know what that means. But in my, when I say stuff like that, I'm saying like they might know how we like to play bunch formations. And then, like I was explaining to you last night, if the back is two, that makes like four strong load. You play that, you, you're, you're prepared for something else. Well, they have the back away. You're anticipating the back either blocking or staying on that side. You're not necessarily accounting for them. But then what Michigan, what Michigan did was they released him. He, you know, he took a step like he was going to block. Then he shot up the line through the A-gap and out to the flat on the, the opposite side. That's a hell of a play. That's that, that that's a that's a very smart play, right? The other one is the same thing, bunch set, except it's, it's instead of him, you know, post snap going to the flat on the other side, they did it. They shifted him at the last second, making that four strong low look again, which is hard for guys to react like you know with the, you know one little half second before they snap the ball, and then you had two guys covering number Malachi was on number two, corner was on number one, two guys you had uh, thirty, uh, Jihad Campbell, Caleb Downs, both covering. The number three receiver, 
nobody was uh, accounted for the running back in the flat. So with all that being said, I mean, we, we, we beat ourselves in those situations, but the rest of it, you just got to give credit to Michigan, man. They outplayed us. And then, like I mentioned, you know, when I talk about being outcoached, it was those type of decisions and those types of, those types of plays that were drawn up. To me, just like if you look back at the Texas game when we talked about being outcoached, those are the things I'm talking about. I'm not just saying what other people are saying. I'm looking at it from a schematic standpoint that, hey, I know how we like to play this. Just like Steve Steve Sarkeesian knew how we like to cover certain things in the route developments that he had, the route trees, the things, the route concepts that he was running were were, were really solid in terms of creating confusion and and, and messing us up in the back end in terms of our our coverage integrity. So, Well, 95 of the people don't understand this. I know. And that's why I'm saying, you know, and I love the fact that you're breaking this down because you hear all the, the talk and you hear people on radio or TV and they're trying to tell you you know, well, but they can see the big thing, but nobody was in the flat. But they don't understand. They don't know what's true call. They don't understand. They don't understand what Michigan was doing. Why you you trade? <clears throat> why you shift? Why you motion? They don't get all of that, and it's good for them to understand instead of just saying, you know, that's what we're saying. When I say out coach, that's the thing I'm talking about. It's meaning that it's meaning that that chess match that they had going against one another because that's what you do. Why do you watch film? You know, and I use this in my preaching. You know, if you don't study the book, if you don't understand the playbook and you don't understand your enemy, let me see if I can make this simple for people. If you don't understand how the enemy is going to attack you, you lose, right? You lose. And that's the bottom line. With football, the same thing. You watch so much film to, to, to learn about the enemy, the other team, right? But in football... Just like life, they make adjustments. They change because you know what? They study you. And they know what defense, in this case. Michigan knew what defense and Nick Saban. This is a history of years and years. They haven't changed. Steve Sarkeesian, years and years and years of history with this defense and Nick Saban, he coached with him. Right? That's why I said in, in X, they got to make adjustments. And they didn't. And they got beat. So they lost the game because coaches didn't adjust well. And Michigan did things differently. I said this yesterday. Alabama, they get stubborn. Let's just be honest. That we do things a certain way and we don't change much. We're just going to beat you. It almost worked. But it didn't in this case. It worked the second half, 23, 25 yards in the third quarter. And then when it mattered the most, they couldn't get off the field defensively. Why? Because Michigan went back and they said, hey, Quorum, I know you're supposed to be on this side, a quarterback, a smart quarterback. He says, hey, get on the other side because I know what the middle linebacker and the safety is doing. And I know if we move you and you come through the A-gap or you come out late, they're going to basically pick themselves. And it's fourth and two, that flat route, nobody's going to be there. I mean, think about it, 35 yards. Fourth and two, you give up 35. Guys, that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. So that's my thing. That's what we say out coach means. 
Michigan did enough with their coordinators to understand what we were doing offensively and defensively. They knew our blocking scheme. And they changed up things where Alabama wasn't prepared for. So when people say Coach Saban got out coach, because that staff did things differently that they weren't prepared for. And guess what? The things that they did, all of them resulted in those two big touchdowns. Because we basically did not cover at all. Not a run in overtime, that's unacceptable. Bad fits. It was a straight counterplay. And I said this against Auburn. Alabama hasn't played the counterplays well at all. Let's see, Gap. Go back and listen. And they didn't do it again, and they gave up a 17-yard touchdown in overtime. Basically, that was the thing that won the game. What do you? What say you? 205-342-9904. Don't forget to download that free app, Tide 100.9. You can ask your questions there. I want to hear your thoughts, your comments. I want to hear what you think. We already told you that from yesterday and today, what we think. What say you? We'll take your phone calls. We'll get your messages. We'll continue to talk about this matchup. Why the failure for Alabama? We'll talk more right on the tide. 100.9, AM, WTBC. We'll be back in a moment. Tune in to Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The chance of some scattered light rain this afternoon. The most widespread rain will be south of here. Otherwise, mostly cloudy with a high at 45. Clearing tonight, the low 29. And a dry day tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 52. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 41 degrees in Tuscaloosa. AM WTBC, Corey Miller. Christian Miller and a happy new year to my man, Noah Haynes. Welcome back, Noah. Hope you had a great time in Chi-Town, the Windy City. Oh, indeed, indeed. Yeah, I know you did. I know you turned up. You were turned up in that place. All right, well, let's turn it up now to our people. We love taking it to the people. Let's get out to the phone lines. Phone lines the rest of the way. So if you're in the mood to talk about the game, 205-342-9904, let's go out to the lines. Louis, you're up first. You lead us off. Welcome in. Hey, guys, we needed y'all on that field Monday night. Uh, Corey, I wish you had some more uh, uh, eligibility, but I'm afraid the NFL got the rest of that, didn't it? You and Chris <laughs> <laughs> they, they stole all of it, bro, all of it. Uh, listen, guys, I know uh, Michigan's defensive line was probably the toughest we've seen all year, uh, obviously. Here's my question, and I'm going to hang up and listen to your response, but do you think, and I'm not picking on the center, I, I, it's a tough job. I know he hates how that game went with the, with the bad snap, but do you think it was mostly whoever was on, you know, he was trying to block. I mean, they were tough. Do you think that caused a lack of concentration, worrying about who you've got to block, and then the snap is affected by that? And, and I'd like to get y'all's take on that. I know uh, Christian had a, a good viewpoint of all that. And uh, I'm going to hang up listen, guys. Love your show. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Lewis. I'll say real quickly, that pressure to me, when you got guys coming like kamikazes from all over, you know, there's nerves. And what Alabama does offensively, normally the quarterback makes the checks. Normally the quarterback is responsible for sliding line, 
You heard Coach Saban talking about fan protection. That means they're fanning out, going out wide to get the guy. The whole line is fanning out. Um, normally the quarterback makes those calls. Jalen is not ready for that. So the offensive line for Alabama, and normally that's your center. And I can tell you that the center is known as the smartest guy on the field. It's not the quarterback. It's the center. He looks up, he sees, he diagnoses what's happening and give the call to the rest of the line. Well, they made mistakes. For one, he didn't get the right calls. And two, when you got people blitzing like that, I thought he got rattled. And that's why we saw those errant snaps again. And Christian, that's why he was so much focused on getting beat that he just was throwing the ball back there and they wouldn't get snaps. Yeah, I mean, I understand being rattled and there's a lot of chaos going on. You know, it's a big game. You know, you got a lot of movement, a lot of pressure. Some talented guys, some big guys in front of you, but here's the thing. That's a great question, Lewis, by the way. He's been doing that all year. You know what I mean? The snaps have been an issue. I'm trying to be nice. No, no, I know you are, but I'm just I'm just being transparent here. And uh, that is that is a factor. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad you are. Go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, uh, that, that's a factor, Lewis, for sure. But the, the issue is, I mean, that's been going on all year. And I... I <laughs> I'm, again, I don't, I don't try to get on guys. Look, I've been in their shoes. I, I completely understand it. But I also will tell you that um, if it was me or anybody else and, and, I, and we were making the same mistakes over and over, we would have been replaced three months ago, right? I'm just being completely honest. Like, like if, if, if I made a mistake, if, if I just kept – like, if, I'll give you an example. You know, as an edge guy, you got to set the edge, right? If I kept – getting nosy and peeking inside and giving up the edge and they kept breaking it you know on the perimeter for big games i would have had my spot taken weeks ago now this is a much different situation because my dad just alluded to the fact how critical it is to have a center you know who's smart experienced who can make these checks can get everybody in position understands the blocking schemes understands how to diagnose the the, the movements and everything uh, going on so it's not as easy just to kind of swap somebody out. And I'm not advocating for, oh, this guy. But but I'm just saying, like, realistically, man, um, it's week 14, and for that to still be an issue, it's it's just tough to see, especially, you know, like, this is Alabama, right? I mean, it just – it's like – and this goes back to my point about I feel like we're getting away from the development of players. Like, as, as well as we recruit, right, and as great as of coaches that we have – we shouldn't only have one guy that we feel confident in snapping the football. I'm not, and I get centers aren't the easiest to come by, but but on, that's just how I feel. Just like I don't, I I don't understand how we only have like it seems like just one tackle that we feel like is ready to, to play. Like, and I understand everybody develops at different rates. I know the transfer portal makes it more difficult, but that that's kind of what I was getting at earlier when I was saying like I feel like we're getting away from like true genuine coaching where you're like forced to develop guys into to being you know the best players they can that they can be because we're so distracted by the transfer portal and all these other things right that's a, that this is a prime example like i feel like if if we were developing guys and i'm not saying just here at alabama i'm saying all over in football <clears throat> if development was still the same way that it that, that it once was you should have guys say hey this this guy's you know he's struggling let's, let's find somebody else i mean we were able to do that at right guard. I mean, D- Darian Dalcor was struggling early on. I kept saying, I'm like, man, we've, we've got to have somebody else that can step up and kind of provide a little bit more security on the offensive line and give us a little bit, kind of that spark on the offensive line 
and, and not be so vulnerable. Sure enough, and I, I kid you not, I remember I was like, I didn't really know um, too much about Jaden Roberts. I, I'll be honest, I, did, I didn't. I just remember I was working the sideline, and I walked by, and I'm like, this is, you know, early on in the season, we we're struggling on the offense line. I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, dude, this dude is a freak. I'm he like, looks unreal. Yeah, he, he looks like a cartoon character. He does. I mean, he looks like the Hulk. And I'm, and I'm not trying to just, you know, glaze dudes, but I'm like, like, like seriously, I'm like, because I'm, I'm tall. I'm like, but I'm looking at, I'm like, this dude's like fluker. Like, I'm like, why the hell is this guy not out there in some capacity? I'm like, from what we're seeing, like, or the way our offensive line was struggling early, I'm like, can we not just put this dude out here and just, I mean, if he don't know what to do, hell, make the center or the tackle tell, tell his tale every single snap what to do if that's what it takes. Because we just have to do that sometimes for guys on defense. We'd have guys uh, that were not ready to play, but, but we, they, were, they, were heck of athlete, they were a heck of an athlete, and we knew how much potential they had. They just they couldn't really get the system down. Our system's so difficult. But guess what? They look at older guys like, like myself that, that were known as – and I hate using this example. But Time for known, change, Known brother. as being a smart player, and they would say, make sure he knows what to do. Time for change. Get coordinators out here that can simplify offensive play calling and defensive play calling with the caliber athletes you have. As I said yesterday, there's no reason. They are holding these kids back, in my opinion, because you're trying to do too much. That's just my thoughts. Back to the phone we go. Let's go to Chris. Chris, you're up next. Hey, guys. Happy New Year to you, gentlemen. Happy, Happy New, Year, New Year, Chris. Hey, two things real quick. One, one um, why, why do you think Roy Dale didn't get much action but yet he was the guy you know in motion for that final play of the game in overtime but he didn't get much action in the game i know justice was running well and you gotta and um jason you gotta go with what's hot but i don't know i just think a guy that that's his last year that's his last game for the tide and and i mean you never saw the guy and he helped carry us this year that kind of baffled me um so I don't understand that, but um, and um, my comment real quick is, this team to me never gave you that confidence at the end of the game that they could drive the ball a sustained amount of time and lock the game down. Like there was never a game where you felt we got this, we're going to run it ground and pound. You know, how, think of how many games that we had to lean on our defense to make the final play. Like, the defense mm. closed it out. And it came down to you on the edge of your seat. Now, the Georgia game is an exception, but to me, that's kind of an anomaly. We just, we fought out against Georgia. But how many games do you remember where it was like, man, I hope defense <laughs> stops them. I hope they keep them out of field goal range. I hope they don't score a touchdown here. Instead of, there's four minutes left, we're about to, it's game. Game set right. match. And that's, now, what, that's what I think we're missing on, on that dominance is, man, it's like I hope the defense can bail us out because we just went three and out. And I'll say this, Chris. Watch, but. I agree with you, Chris. I, and I'll say this because a lot, lot of it is Tommy Reese and a lot of it is what they're doing on offense and how they play offense. I never felt 100% comfortable. I know they had dudes. They got all the dudes they need. To be up tempo, to play fast, to hit, hit explosives, they got all of that. But that's just don't—they don't play that way. Alabama's offense, in the last couple years, it just makes you angry because you know they got so much talent, but they underutilize right. the talent. And it's like Nick wants to play a certain way, so 
Well, I was friends with Mike Lossley a lot, and I talked about back even, and he used to tell me things about, hey, I can't do but whatever coach tells me to do. Mm. So Nick Saban is still old school to that degree. I mean, like running the ball up into the teeth of the this defense where we are totally getting dominated, and it's not going to change. Why don't you change the scheme? Why don't you try more outside runs? Right? Why don't you try even so they they playing that aggressive? Why not do some reverses or reverse passes? Everybody else does trick plays. Sometimes you got to do trick plays. Sometimes you have to be smart enough as an offensive call, uh, play caller coordinator to take advantage of what the defense is doing. And it just seems like we never do that. And that's why you feel the way you feel because we're not a wide open offense. We're like, let's get a lead and let's play conservative. And if we got a punt, it's okay. And our defense will hold them. That's what Alabama has done for years. Saban. They don't have that type of team no more. Yeah. And and I get tired of hearing about how big the offensive line is, bigger than uh, the NFL. But yeah. we can't get four yards a, a play to keep that first down going in these long drives. I mean, you're talking 12 feet. You know, I don't care how much you weigh at that point. That's worthless. <laughs> like, you know, it's just not. It, 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 I hear that hurt a lot. Herbstreit was talking about that during the game, the Rose Bowl game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I, I, five I sacks, that's all. They're big, but they got five sacks. Yeah, and I give them credit. I'm not an Alabama fan that's going to say, hey, we lost it. We got a lot of breaks, too. You know, missed field goals, the, the muff punt. We caught a lot of breaks, too, and and let it slip through. So, kudos to them, and I appreciate the show, guys. Happy New Year again. Yes, sir. Happy New Year, Chris. Good stuff. Well, yeah, I he's, mean, he's spot on. He is, but I, I'll say this offense is just different, though. I mean, and, and it, look, the, the truth is, I mean, you don't have a quarterback like Bryce Young where you're really trying to, you know, so, you know, drop back, pick apart defenses. It's a totally different type of offense. So it's, it's going to look different, but it, it, can it be effective? Absolutely. I mean, we saw that in the second half. You start doing more of the quarterback design runs, a lot of quarterback power. Things like that, you know, I, I, we always talked about, you know, rolling out, moving the pocket. I, I definitely think RPOs would be effective with Jalen. And then we've we've been effective, you know, throwing it downfield with those explosive plays. But in this game, that wasn't there. Like, that's why I said there's sometimes, you look, you got to tip your hat to Michigan. Their secondary did did a nice job when we did try to go deep. Look, those balls that Jalen was throwing, they were – it's not like he was throwing bad balls. though. They were on target, right? Wouldn't you agree, those deep shots? I mean, they, yeah. they were covered very well. And then when the other times when we tried, like, look, we started the game. I think, did we start the game with two straight passes? I know the first yeah. the first play was a sack for sure. Um, but, you know. Well, we I, got four sacks out of six plays. Okay. So, well, see, and seeing that, that's what I'm, so the only thing I'd the say to Chris. first plays, they got four sacks. Right. First so, six plays. So the only thing I would say to Chris would be is that I think Tommy Reese tried to open things up, tried to, to be that style of offense that, you know, we got used to seeing, like, really kind of throwing the ball and being productive through the air. Uh, but between, you know, just the offensive line struggling to protect, you know, not necessarily having that same style. I mean, look, I mean, it's hard to compare these guys to when you have Tua doing a quick RPO game to Judy, Ruggs, and, and Waddle. I mean, those guys, all those dudes were doing were, you know, quick slants. And then they were just so fast and athletic and so much better than folks. I mean, they were taking – those quick slants, <laughs> you know, those quick little routes like that for 20, 30, 40 yards. Um, but one thing I will throw out there that, I mean, we got to remember this because I don't ever want to seem like we're just being negative. Again, we're just we're just giving our talking points about, you know, kind of what we've uh, noticed. But on a positive note, this team, and again, this isn't some like moral trophy or, you know, I'm not, I don't believe in that. 
Uh, but, but at the end of the day, you got to give credit where credit's due. This is a team that, that had some remarkable growth throughout the season. Again, we're talking about a team that back in the first three weeks, people wrote them off. People thought they were going to lose three, four games. They couldn't do this. They couldn't do that. They ended up winning the SEC championship, beating Georgia, making it to the college football playoffs. Guess what? Last year, you had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and a top three defensive pick in Will Anderson, and you didn't even make the playoffs, right? So just, just to segue into about the, 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 the job the coaches did, I'll be honest. I mean, this is one hell of a performance by the coaches. They, I mean, to take this team to the playoffs, right? We didn't even make it last year. I mean, I think that says a lot, if you ask me, because this is a young team. You look at all the guys coming back offensively. I mean, it seems like almost everybody will be back offensively. You're losing Jace McClellan, uh, I guess Burden, um, who else? Latham. Other than that, I feel like, and I'm probably missing one or two, but other than five, that, five, no, Roydell, but I think he technically could have an extra year if he wants it. I doubt he takes it, but especially after he didn't really receive many snaps. But Transfer portal. If nah, I, was him, I don't think he would do that. No, nah, he's, he's a perfect transfer portal guy because no, he, he could be, be the number one he could be RB1 at a place like South he Carolina. Be, a place like, R- dude, 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 he'd be RB1 here next year with Jace leaving. No, nah, Justice Haynes is going to be RB one. Well, they, they, they would they would it'd be those two guys. I mean, you still got Jam, but I, I mean, if anything, I would say Jam would be a better transfer portal uh, prospect just because he definitely could go to South Carolina or any of these other schools and be that guy. I would say, you know, you're right, Justice Haynes. I think they're, they're really high on. I think he's going to be one heck of a football player here. Um, defensively, you're losing some guys. We'll see if Terry on. Arnold comes back. Uh, Braswell seems like he's pretty set on leaving, I'm, I'm assuming. Nah, he needs um, to come back. I think he would benefit from coming back, for I'm sure. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him. Because Man, I think he'll you, have... Unless you I, got some dollars, he ain't coming back. Well, we're uh, we going to figure that out. Deb, not, because... I, mean, I, ain't, I ain't paying a dollar. <laughs> hey, I love... I, Chris, I love you. I ain't paying nobody a dime. I ain't paying nobody a dime. I ain't doing that. Look, I love college football. I love Alabama. I ain't, I'm not... <laughs> Support yeah, Alabama. I'll, I'll do a little bit of something like that, but I, man, no. I got, he needs to come back because bills. he's going to be a third, <laughs> third or fourth round pick. He, I think he could increase his stocks. I think he would increase his stock for sure. I agree with you there, but I so, mean, but but you know how it goes though. And in, in today's world, I mean, the NFL's there, and you know, I get it. But I mean, he'll make more money, and uh, and he would help this team for sure a lot. And he'll oh, be the he'd, guy. He'd be the guy. He'd be the face of the defense. I mean, unfortunately, he was a little overshadowed by Dallas Turner. Uh, I mean, because again, Chris, Chris, hey. eight, or, eight or nine. No, no, no. I'm saying from a media standpoint, just it's a fact. Chris had eight or nine sacks himself. Yeah, but because but because you got Dallas Turner, who who's you know receives most of that attention. You know, Chris, Chris gets over. He said, "Not, not and if." No, no, no I, I, and I know, if, I know that. that. That's why I'm saying. So Chris would be that guy if he came back. Okay. He, he'd finally get all that attention that he deserves because he does deserve a lot of attention. He's a heck of a football player. He needs to come back. I think he he would definitely benefit from coming back. All right, we'll talk more about players who need to stay, uh, players who maybe need to go. We'll do that on the other side. Plus more of your phone calls. 205-342-9904 is the number for the program. Don't forget, free download, Tide 100.9. Put your questions, your thoughts, comment. There we got the best reader in all of the state of Alabama. That's Noah Haynes. He'll do that for you. This is the Bill's Edge on a Wednesday hump day. No rush around the SEC today. We're talking all Alabama. What say you? You worried about this team going forward? Did they miss a great opportunity this year? Your thoughts, your comments. 
Bray on the program. Be back. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. And we're back. The Edge. That's the Miller's Edge. Tide 100. Or not. 1230 WTBC. Corey Miller, Christian Miller, Noah Haynes. Speaking of that, we invite folks to go to the app. We got several of them on today. So, Noah, it's your turn to shine, baby. Let's go to that Tide 100.9 free download app message. What you got? Yeah, we got a, a couple uh, messages coming in. One from, first off, starting with Dr. Crystal. She says uh, a couple things. She says, is our defensive scheme too convoluted? How did that affect the game? Uh, who is our center related to on the board of trustees? That has to be the only reason he kept that job. Kidding, not kidding. <laughs> and love the show. <laughs> well, let me deal with the first one. I'll be fast. Dr. Crystal, always great to hear from you, first of all. Second of all, in my opinion, you're talking about a guy that played at South Carolina. Our defense was called Fire Ant Defense. Joe Lee Don, who coached at CC and other places like Mississippi State. We got after people. We played defense like you saw Michigan play for sure in that first quarter. We imposed our will on the offense. We dictated what they did. They didn't dictate what we did. I believe in playing fast and furious. And when you got cover guys, Terrion Arnold, you got Kool-Aid McKinstry, you got Caleb Downs, you got these guys that can play, that you feel good about covering, you play a lot of men anyway. How about do that and bring pressure? Um, I think it's too hard. I've said it before. I, I think it's, it's too complicated. I think it makes players think too much. And it's very obvious and evident that we have had numerous MEs, mental errors, it happens all the time. There's no team that I've seen in college football, and I'm being honest, no team. And y'all know how much I am a fan of college football, football period. I've never seen more confusion. I've never seen more people run free than I've seen at the University of Alabama. And they have been the standard and great when it comes to defense. Great. And so I think it's too hard. And in part two, I'll be quick. I don't know. I don't know what Seth McLaughlin has, and he just announced he's coming back. I don't know how many fans were wait, jumping. Wait, in. wait, wait. If you're talking about that post on Twitter, that, that was a fake account. That was somebody being funny. Oh, Seth not coming back? I have no clue, but I, I don't. Okay. Yeah, that, if you're talking about that post, that, that okay. was somebody making a fake page. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. That's all I got, Dr. Um, what I, what I would say to that is, is the defense intricate and definitely, you know, <laughs> is it layered? Yeah, 100%. But here's the thing, Dr. Crystal. Oh, why are you trying to use big words? Intricate? Excuse me, intricate? I know intricate is isn't, but layered. If you think layered is a big word, then you might well, I mean, when it comes to football, school. when it comes to football and defense, I've, I've no, never I'm heard layered. layered. It is layered. Why is he looking at my truck outside? Okay, that was weird. Um, layered means... Like, yeah, there's layers to the defense. Like, you and everybody else keeps talking about, oh, we only play this. Well, here's the thing, okay? The reason that defenses have evolved is because offenses have evolved. 
And when you're talking about all these shifts and motions and now all these jet suite, all these things that are going on pre-snap and all these RPO games, you can't just have just surface-level defenses. And I'm not saying this in, in trying to sound condescending towards Dr. Crystal's answer. I'm just saying to anybody that that um, keeps trying to say, like, like you know, we, it has to change. My, my, my rebuttal to that is we've been running this same defense since Coach Saban's been here. He's been running it well well before he was here. And again, he's won. He's how many? Is it seven total national championships? Six while he was here. Who? who I don't. Whatever. Six. Yeah, seven total. Okay, so he's won seven national championships running the same defense, right? That's more than any active coach, and I'm you know up there with the most in all time. Whatever the the, uh, the stats show, right? So, only thing I'll say is that, that that's why he's not just so quick to change. Now, could could you adjust it a little bit? Try to simplify things within the defense? Yeah, I and I agree. Because I remember there was moments when when Pruitt was uh, serving as defensive coordinator, he was he was one of those. I mean, again, the guy came from high school football. I mean, he was like my dad in terms of just letting guys loose, which he could do that when you have a defense line that consists of Ashawn Robinson, uh, Jonathan Allen, Jaron Reed, Deron Payne, a five star true freshman, right? You can you can afford to do that, right? When you got Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson, Rashawn Evans, me, right, right. Uh, you you can just say, hey, we're just going to play straight, you know, flex front, cover six, and we're just going to let the four guys eat up front, and we're going to play cover six on the back end right. and react. To, you can afford to do that. Um, and yes, we have a lot of talent on these defenses, but I'll be honest, like we talked about earlier, I mean, I, I don't think our defense line is as you know, as, as talented as it once There's was. There's nowhere close. There's I don't nowhere think our, close. I don't think our, um, this freaking insurance guy will not stop blowing up my phone. I'm about to block his number. Um, I think our linebacker play, we have good linebackers, but and, and no no disrespect to anybody, but I don't know. If they're, they're not first-round picks. I, I was about to say, I don't know they're if they're the level picks. of Ruben Foster and, and, you know, some of those guys I played with or the C.J. Mosley's, right, Rolando McClain. So what I'm saying is, you just have to take into consideration consideration a lot of factors. But with that being said, yeah, could we simplify some things? Sure, but this defense has been, you know, proven to be successful, so we're not going to get away from it too much. But I'll be honest, we, we have to find a way to minimize these mental errors, uh, like my dad was just saying, in, in, um, in terms of getting everything smoothed out, right? Because that's when we start beating ourselves, right? It, it, this, this defense is great for shutting things down because when guys are all on the same page, it, it is really effective at, at stopping different facets of, of offenses and, and all those things. It's great. Uh, but when it starts getting too complicated in terms of guys making mistakes and mental errors that are leading to explosive plays and big opportunities, like even like if you, th- but, but one step further is you got to think guys, coaches, you know, can do their best, but the guys have to be able to understand and they got to have some awareness too. Like, like as a football player, I'll give you an example. That Roman Wilson touchdown, I think that tied the game, right? They they were in another condensed formation, right? It was like two by two, but it was condensed. Need to change. Who was at number two, right? It was Roman Wilson. Roman Wilson was at number two, and he was condensed. He literally was basically in the tight end position off the ball, right? We used to say this all the time. Every, any single time you have speed at two in that tight condensed, you know, right there, like basically line up in the backfield. Nine times out of ten, he's going back across the formation. They're not lining him up there to block. He's not going uh, – he's not acting as a sniffer. If he's in that sniffer position, which is like typically where a tight end would be, where he's going back to cut out the defensive end, right, they, they would never – think about this. Why would you put a 195-pound 195, 195 player at that position to go block? You would never do that. 
So he's got to be going out for a route. As a defender, you have to be able to see that and have the, the situational awareness to say, hey, they've got speed at two in a tight end position. He's coming across the formation. You would have seen that on film, right? So That's those, why you check. It's not necessarily about checking. That's about being a smart football player and saying, hey, we've got speed. I know, spe- but I'm just saying when, when you're going to position, create a bunch. He's coming back. They used to do that when I played all the time. And nine times out of ten, we used to do it with Slade Bold and all these like slot guys. That's what they do. They put slot guys at sniffer position. And every single time they do that, they go back across the Everybody formation for a Everybody does that now. My point. Everybody does so that. Every- Miami with Tua does that. With, with Tyreek Hill, they move uh, him around. That's hundred percent. So it's... You're, you're proving my point. So as a defender, yeah. you have to see that and say, you do. screw the check or whatever I'm saying. This guy is coming across the formation. It's clear as day. You got to talk. You got to verbalize. Defense is about communication. And that's my point. They're not communicating. When, when they're not communicating, they're communicating with each other and saying, we don't know what to do. They're looking at each other. I mean, this is why I'm saying, Christian, it's too hard. No, it's too hard. It's, it's yes, just, it's it just is. Because there's different. How are you going to tell me when I played in the defense? I don't care where you play because you talking about. Is, how are you going to tell somebody? That's too, I, I know the I defense. T- I know you know it. You ain't playing. You're not out there. I was the, there. You was, but you're not out there against Michigan. Those are different players that obviously can't think on their feet and can't make adjustments and can't do what they're supposed to do. So it is too hard. Because a coach, you say it's too hard. I don't have those guys. So when I don't have those guys, I simplify. Dude, so that if I'm playing man it's, and they're moving seven this, national championships. What do you, like, and I, that's yesterday. This is a new day. You just said it. It's a new offense. So you have to adjust. All right, we got three minutes. Let's get back out to the uh, Miller's Edge, Tie 100.9. Go ahead, uh, North. Yeah, so we, we've got a message from two checks. He says, love Jalen and the leadership and progress he's made, but one thing will have to change next year, either offensive coordinator or quarterback. Oh. Mm. <laughs> well, you know I'm not going to say quarterback because I'm ride or die Jalen Milrow, number four, Lank. But I mean, what he said, but, but if, if, if we're not going to change our system to kind of suit more of, you know. Well, that's the easy one, to change the coordinator. Change a coordinator that, that, that can, can take advantage of the skills. Yeah. I mean, then because he's not, all caps, not going to be what Tua was or what Mac Jones was or what Bryce Young. He's not that guy. So either you're going you're gonna to tear up, throw away what you got, and then devise a scheme that fits him, or you flip and you find another quarterback that can do what you want to do. I know we're up on time. Let's go one more. We got another app question. No. Uh, yeah, so we've got an app message from KJ uh, talking about uh, Milrow. He says, I'll, def- I'll defend him till the end of time. But the quote about him saying you win some and you lose some was atrocious. This is Alabama, Jalen. We win some and we win some more. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I mean, I can't speak on that or say anything because uh, I definitely have lost some. I lost two national championships. So, mm. you know, <laughs> I have no room to talk there. And so I won't I won't talk on that because that is true. You do win some, you lose some. And KJ, I get it from, you know, you know, as a loyal fan. I mean, you do get used to a standard, but we just got to be realistic, right? Nobody's perfect except the man himself, Jesus Christ. So you actually are going to lose some, whether it's a football wow. game or in life. But. With that being said, no, I mean, look, I mean, that's just the that's the answer that everybody. I mean, hell, I even said it on the video. You win some, you lose some, because I mean, that's true. But so I'm not going to judge him too much by that comment because it, it is true, right? You, you do yep. win some, you lose some. Yeah. Well, let's go to Tommy and Ramos real quick. Tommy, go right ahead. Hey guys, the only question hey, I'll say is, uh, 
they'll both will be back next year and they'll have another year to grow together. They were thrown together real quick this year. I'm not happy that we lost, but you know what? I'm happy with the growth and the maturity our quarterback show, even our offensive coordinator. They were stuck together. At least they worked together. Bill O'Brien said he would never play quarterback. So that tells me the young man has ability and the offensive coordinator. No, they need to do more things with Mill Road Nation. I believe they will. They'll have the spring and the summer. I'm, I I'm agree very with positive. You. I'm very positive. I agree with you. And hey, look, this same guy got you to a semifinal where you had the lead in the fourth quarter. Okay, let's just remember that. You had the lead in the fourth quarter with three minutes and change left. If defense holds up, that young man gets you to a national championship game. So to say that he can't, is that's wrong. He can, and he's shown and proven that. So I'm with you, Tommy. Yeah, I mean, and it just really is disappointing. We had our chances. We missed fire. They're just football. The ball don't bounce your way all the time. So it really nobody falls. We all lost. Take our loss and make something positive for next year. Let the players, like I told somebody yesterday, Ron Fowler, if Bond and I'm receiving Milroe want to get better, improve, work it this summer, work this spring, get better, improve yeah. the game. I hope, they do. I hope they have that mindset. I mean, I saw several guys watching, so hopefully they'll bounce back. won't be easy, but we know they should be in the playoffs, the new 12-team format, so they'll get a chance, and uh, we'll just see what happens. It's going to be difficult. It's always difficult. Uh, Christian played in four of them, as he said, and lost two, so they're not easy. It's not easy to win a national championship. Very difficult, by the way. But um, we'll see what happens. Tommy from Ramos, appreciate you, my friend. All right, man. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. See you. Good stuff. Lastly, Christian, I'll let you take us home. But my point is, you smart. You had a lot of smart guys that y'all can do those things. I don't know if they have those guys right now. And that, because that's been over and over too many mental errors. They ain't just one or two games. It's been all season long, man. And when you do that, you go, why do you keep asking these guys to do these things when they have shown that they can't do it? To me, that's crazy. And so you got to simplify and make things easy. That's all I was saying. You could do it. But unfortunately, like uh, the early first caller said, we can't play. My, 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 you know, eligibility expired. <laughs> my knees expired. <laughs> mm. So uh, that's where I'm at, man. So it is like. Hopefully they look at that. That's why I think they need something fresh defensively as well as offensively. Because you got too many good players to be sitting over there. You you stand, you do the games. You look at them like, why is this dude over here with me? Is he that bad? So, I don't know. I don't know. All I do know is that we got to get out of here. It's 12. We, uh, we're way over. Oh, okay. Well, you know, sorry about that. We got to get up out of here. We'll be back tomorrow with Stephen M. Smith. Boy, I can't wait to he's. I hope he comes in early because he's going to have a lot to say. Thank you, Noah, for the great read. You did a wonderful job, sir. You deserve a name. We'll come back tomorrow, 23 hours, a little less, maybe. 22 and 59 minutes. Big news sports coming up next. Christian Miller, Corey Miller, Noah Haynes. We are the Millers. Check out my interview. I was on the national TV go, last man. night. We got to go, We got to go. Bye-bye. Check it out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge. Tackling sports daily.